0: Hey, I'm Emma. Hey, I'm Zoe, and And we're roommates who read. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Roommates Who Read. This is episode 25, and this week we're going to be continuing our Akatar series. Mm -hmm. We're on book two, A Court of Mist and Fury. Uh, So,
1: Akamath, as I like to call them. Akamath.
0: Emma. (laughs) Bartender Emma. Where are we going?
1: The Literary Libation Station.
0: And what are we drinking this week, Bartender Emma? We are drinking the City of Starlight. Zoe
1: named this cocktail.
0: I want you to know, right, as we pressed record, I was like, fuck, we didn't name the cocktail. And then I saw the notes and I was like, I named the cocktail.
1: (laughs) First of all, usually we pick a drink and then pick a name. And this week we picked a drink name. Yeah. We being Zoe. I did. And It came to me in the shower. Then we had to work backwards, which was really hard because we wanted something purple. And we got something purple. It is purple. It's probably full of food dye and, like, you know, red 40, things that are really bad for you. Are my
0: teeth purple? No, not yet. Without my tongue. A little bit. (laughs) Uh,
1: Anyways, this drink has...
0: Theoretically, (laughs) if you made it the way you were supposed supposed to make make it, it, you didn't have to put all the food dye in it. And we're going to give you the recipe without the food food dye. dye. (laughs) Um, But... We we use what we have. Yes. And um we couldn't go to the liquor store today to get the things we needed that we didn't have. Yeah. So
1: we use what we have and we, we got, uh, creative. got
0: creative. Yours is so sparkly. Oh my oh, gosh. I'm so afraid. <laughs> Tell the people what's in it.
1: <laughs> so this drink, the City of Starlight, has an ounce and a half of vodka, an ounce of blue curacao an ounce of sweet and sour mix, an ounce of grenadine, and an ounce of cranberry juice. And then it has purple sprinkles to rim the glass, and edible glitter to, uh, you know, really get the star effect. So I told Zoe we could make a drink with edible glitter, and uh, Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. here we are. Your flagella, is that what they're called?
1: My cilia. Cilia? What are (laughs) flagella? Uh, They're like tail on the back of a bacteria. Oh, like a sperm? Yeah, Yeah.
0: I wasn't going to say it. (laughs) Well you're silly We're about to be having a fucking rave. Anyways. Yeah. What are you reading this week? I'm still reading. <laughs> Sorry, I'm really excited about the drink. I, I promise I've only had like three sips. I'm not, I'm not drunk. Um, yep. I am reading A Court of Wings and Ruin. I really need to get on that so that <laughs> yeah, we can do last week was just it was my first full week back at school. And it was a fucking doozy. <laughs> oh, God. Don't jump on glitter.
1: glitter. <laughs> I'm sorry. Continue.
0: Yeah, last week was my first week back of the semester. Like, my first full week. Because we'd done, like, a We'd done you. We did, like, a half week. <laughs> and it was a lot. It was just kind of tiring. So I didn't have a lot of brain power to read. But this week... I'm bringing it back. I'll, I'll finish the book in time. Whoa. I'm saying it he- right here, right now. The book will be done on time. It won't be. <laughs> Sorry. Have I ever not finished a book on time? That's true. What are you reading this week, Judgy McJudgerson?
1: <laughs> I'm reading Hellbent, which is the sequel to the book I talked about, talked about last week, Ninth House. I thought it came out in February or March, and thank God it didn't, because I finished this book in between my flight like during my layover for my first connection we landed I immediately searched it up because I was like oh, I'll pre-order it like I'm gonna download my next book so I have it for my next leg of my journey and it was available and I said bye did I pay too much for it as a kindle book 100% yes. did I pay for convenience yes but I'm about 30% of the way done maybe a third of the way done 30 to 40% um Oh, and I just, things are going to hit the, shit is going to hit the fan. It always does. And this, these books are really good. I'm really impressed with them. I, like I talked about last week, likely Bardugo, but I think that these, I like these better than the uh, Shadow and Bone and the Six of Crows series that she wrote. Is this, is this just a
0: duology or? Yeah, I think it's going
1: to be just a duology that I know of at least, but I mean, this book just came out. Right. I just didn't know if. When I, pur- heard. when I purchased it, it said two of two on mm, Amazon, yes. so I'm assuming it's probably gonna stay that way. But it's really good. Big fan. I think you would like them.
0: Okay, I've seen them. Yeah, they're on my distant TBR. Yeah, the the TBR of dreams. Yeah. Also, speaking of dreams, uh, we'll get around here later. You'll see why this connects up. Anyways, <laughs> what? And just don't worry about it. This is going to be a really long episode.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. Sorry in advance.
0: Yeah, I was doing, a, like, putting out the plot points earlier, mm. and I even had Emma read through them to see what could be cut. We cut some things, we too. We did. There are some important things that I'm not going to tell you about. But also, there's this book, even though it's the second book, has a lot of additional word building. World, world building, building yeah. Sorry, someone just texted me about a word (laughs) doc. It has a lot of additional world building. And there's just so many things you need to know to understand why things happen. And, like, it would be hard to talk about certain things that happen Mm -hmm. in the third book without telling you what happens in this book. Mm -hmm. Um, So plot summary is going to be a little lengthy. Sorry. (laughs) But I hope you like the sound of my voice. I've been some too. I like the sound of my voice since I started the podcast..
1: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we are going to tell you the pertinent information. There are some scenes that are kind of popular scenes that we left out because they're not as important for the further plot points. But like Zoe said, this book kind of sets up the rest of the books because you're exploring a new place and there's mm-hmm. a, just there's a lot going into it. So, it'll connect up. You'll see what we're talking about. It'll be a little long, and we tried to do our best to make it not rambly, but we
0: ramble. No way. <laughs> so,
1: bear with us a little bit.
0: Well, I guess we'll see you in the meat of the episode. <laughs> yes! <laughs> the meat! You pushed, you crossed <laughs> the line. There was a line, and you went over it. Okay,
1: everyone, this, uh... Episodes going to be similar. All these episodes are going to be a similar flow, doing characters, plot overview, and then kind of our reactions and comparisons and our own personal thoughts about the book. Commentary. Commentary, yeah. Peanut gallery thoughts. (laughs) Yep. Uh, So last week, we introduced you to Feyre. She's the main character. Tamlin, who is one of the other main male characters. Lucien, Rhysand, and then Elaine and Nesta, who are Feyre's two older sisters. So keep those characters in mind. They are all still featured in this book. We're going to build from there. I no, just... way,
0: Feyre's still in the book? <laughs> yeah, crazy. Whoa.
1: Uh, I didn't want to rehash
0: all of their character summaries. And if you've forgotten, at the end of the last book, Feyre died to save everyone in Prithian. And it was turned into a fey, Um So she's a high fae now. Yeah, so that was a
1: nice little spoiler. They read the first book! I'm teasing, I'm teasing you. <laughs> i'm teasing you so if you haven't read any of the books (laughs) maybe don't listen to these close your ears come back when you're done and join in uh so the first character i want to introduce you to is ianthi you say (laughs) ianthi ianthi is the high priestess leave me alone that is working for tamlin and pharaoh so when pharaoh and tamlin return to the spring court they get engaged, and they're planning to get married. And so, it, kind of an important distinction is that Two Fae can be married, but they're not technically mates. But Fae can be mated and be, like, life partners, and they don't necessarily have to be married. It's kind of the same... The mating bond is a deeper bond that goes beyond, like, a marriage. It's like a... It's like a soul...
0: Like, you're soul fated, yeah. 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 Um, so... But if you never find that person, like, you could definitely be half... Like, say Emma was my mate, but we never... What we went to different colleges, we never met. I could be very happy with another friend. Yeah. Um. But it, once I saw Emma, game over everyone else. <laughs> but there is a <laughs> there's a mating bond, and
1: so Tomlin Tamlin tells Feyre that sometimes like the mating bond just takes a little while, but like you know we can be married and still have our life together and like be in love with each other and that doesn't affect right. anything. So they're planning this wedding and. Uh, Ianthe is, like, very flashy. She's fake nice. She's trying to work her way up the ranks from just a priestess to being, like, the high high priestess. Um, so she is trying to, like, sm- schmooze with the high lords. And none of them really like her, but she's working her way in with Damlin. Oh, she's
0: working her way in.
1: And at this point, Feyre is just, like, big sad after everything that has happened. And so, in the wedding planning, she's just letting Anthe plan everything keep saying her name different every time <laughs> you really are. she's just letting her it's pl- like whiplash she's just letting her plan because farah is just really depressed and doesn't really care like she's just so disinterested in everything and she knows she's she's kind of going through the motions and so she's just letting Ianthe
0: ianthay i cannot get this <laughs> Ianthe plan everything <laughs> why don't you talk about the next character <laughs> Okay. You've got the vibe about Iante.
1: The next character is Cassian.
0: You can say that one. <laughs> solid, solid start. Uh
1: also known as the Lord of Bloodshed. Oh. He is the general um of the Night Court's army. So if you remember the Night Court. That's the, where Reese is from. Yeah, the northernmost territory. He is part of Reese's like council, which they call the Inner Circle. And he is the general of the armies. And Cassian and the next character I'm gonna talk about Azriel are a different kind of type of fae they're a lesser fae they're not high fae in the same way that pharah or tamlin or reese are um because they are illyrians and so the illyrians are a warrior race of fae from like the most northern part of the Night court so if you remember the Night courts in the north they're in like the tippity top
0: Um, oh the tippity top (laughs) my
1: favorite and they're considered to be the illyrians are considered to be like a very violent war-mongering people and they have a very masculine
0: patriarchal
1: yeah society which does come up um but Cassian and Azriel were both raised in the Illyrian like war camps it's kind of how it's like a tribal system in a way it's like there are different yeah. tribes of Illyrian warriors um but they became friends with Reese Rhys, recent in these camps
0: because um, he his mother is Illyrian so yeah. he's half Illyrian yeah
1: the next character is Asriel. Um, He's also known as the Shadow Singer or Az. I feel like he goes by Az a lot. I
0: call I call him Az a lot. So if I slip up in this yeah. episode and call him Az, you know.
1: But he is the Spy Master of the Night Court. He's also part of Reese's little council, the Inner Circle. Also an Illyrian, like I said. Um, he's very quiet and very reserved, uh, but he's really important to the Inner Circle because he is the Spy Master and the Shadow Singer title is also an ability of his. Like he is always described with these. Shadows kind of like I almost imagine them like whirling around him like a yeah. little cloud. I,
0: yeah, that's kind of how I see it. Too. And he
1: can use them to help spy. Like that's why he is the spy master because they help him like slip in and out and he can hide in the darkness and collect information yeah. that way. Uh the next the next character is the Morrigan. She's also called more or just Morrigan. Um, but her title is truth speaker and she's third in command of the little inner circle council group. Um, she's a very distant cousin of Resan's and her dad is the ruler of Hune City, which is a like subsect of the Night Court. Um, but the Morrigan is a
0: mythical goddess, I think. I don't know. I know it's what is it, Celtic?
1: Yeah, she's a, a mythical creature and her power is truth. You don't really see her use her abilities that much in the book. Right.
0: There is one part in this book where they're trying to convince somebody of something mm-hmm. and she says to um, the skeptics that she's like, you know, I'm the Morrigan. I speak the truth. Yeah. And they recognize that. Mm-hmm. So she's very well known for this ability. Yeah. Uh, and
1: the next character is Amrin. Um <laughs> I googled a list of characters to like, make sure I was Hitting everything, and Amryn's character came up as American Renaissance. Like, an ab- Amryn is an abbreviation for American Renaissance. It's not. It was so fun. Google was like American Renaissance. I was like, this is not correct. Ah, <laughs> oh,
0: my favorite Sarah J. Maas character, American <laughs> Renaissance.
1: <laughs> Anyways, Amryn is second in command of the Inner Circle Council group. Uh, She is a creature from another world. She's like hella, hella old. Yeah, and she has. Been basically bound to this immortal fay female form. So she she's like this tiny little Asian woman this yeah. is kind of how she's described. Uh but she's very severe, she's very cutting. She's like no bullshit and everyone's kind of afraid of her because she's like this incredibly powerful. She
0: drinks blood. Like, yeah, she doesn't eat food with them. She like they Just, bring her blood. Yeah.
1: That's so that's the vibe she knows a lot because she's so old so she's kind of like a walking bank of information like a library and so she helps race with political strategy and just like politics in general uh so she might be small but she is
0: mighty <laughs> so though that. she may but little she is fierce yeah
1: and then the last character that i want to talk about is the king of hyburn
0: so you know. It really just occurred to me that we never learn his name. No, you don't. You just, everyone just calls him Highburn.
1: And when I was looking this up, he doesn't have a name. Yeah. Like, that is his name. Anyways, Highburn is a, if you remember the map of Akatar, it's like the UK, and Highburn, the Highburn Territory is essentially Ireland.
0: Yeah, it's in so that area.
1: It's not attached to the seven courts, but it's just like, just across Nearby. the sea. Yeah. Hop, skip and a jump. Yeah. Uh. So he's been the ruler of Highburn the king uh since bef- since the first human war which is over 500 years ago at this point he absolutely hates humans remember a lot of the high fae hate humans but he's like next level
0: um <laughs> he's not like other high fae.
1: he's like incredibly brutal uh and during the first war he was allied with tamlin's father because tamlin's father also hated humans and they both wanted to keep their human slaves and so that brought them together
0: Aww. In the worst way possible.
1: So, those are the characters. There's obviously a lot more side characters that you get introduced to, but again, this can be a long episode, so we're trying to keep it short.
0: Is it my turn now? I guess. All All right. Right. <laughs> For the purposes of this plot summary, I'm going to talk really openly about the details of Akatar, assuming that you have read. The first book before listening to the episode about the second book. Um, If if you haven't, respectfully, turn off the podcast. Come back later. It'll Um, be here. It'll be here when you're ready. Unless, you know, you don't actually care and you just want the cultural knowledge, because I respect that. I feel that way about a lot of media, as Emma knows. Yes. (laughs) All right. Our story begins three months after the events of Akatar. I feel
1: like you're telling me a bedtime story.
0: <laughs> night, night, oh, little Emma.
1: Dearest.
0: <laughs> it's so much less aggressive when you just say the, the worm. worm. <laughs> like Pharaoh versus the earthworm. Worm. Yeah. When Pharaoh breaks her arm and she, dying. yeah, it's <laughs> fine. Reese comes to see her in her cell, and they make a bargain in order for him to heal her, mm-hmm. that she will spend one week per month in the night court with him from here on out. So in the three months that they've been back from under the mountain, Reese has not called in that bargain at all. Dun, dun, dun. Feyre <laughs> is is going through it. She's depressed. She's having a hard time. She has PTSD. Yeah, she has really awful nightmares that keep her awake um, and make her throw up almost every night. Mm-hmm. And she can definitely tell that Tamlin is awake for a lot of this, yeah, but he just doesn't react. He doesn't like jump in. not comforting. no. um, and doesn't ever talk to her about it like the next day, yeah. So, Tamlin is also refusing to let Feyre leave the manor at all in order to keep her safe?
1: There are some times where she can go on the grounds with, like, Lucien, but she's she not- She can go on
0: the grounds, but yeah. she's not allowed to leave, like, the ground- That's- I guess that's what- she's allowed to go outside, yeah. but, like, not-
1: Yeah, like, there's reconstruction happening in the Spring Court, and Feyre really wants to go and help and, like, see the people, and Tamlin's like, no, you're not allowed right. to leave.
0: Feyre is also, at the beginning of the book, really confused about why the mating bond hasn't snapped into place for the two of them yet. But she thinks that everything's going to be better once they get married. Yeah.
1: And she thinks that part of it's her fault because she's really upset and depressed that she can't love Tamlin in the way that she's supposed to love Tamlin. So that's why, like, she's just taking all of her, this on herself. That she's failed, that she's ruining this, that she's the reason that nothing's working.
0: Also at the Supreme Court is Iante, who Emma just introduced you to. Toughly. Yeah. <laughs> she basically worships Tamlin and Feyre to a point. And Feyre, like Emma said earlier, is just really, really depressed. Mm-hmm. And she's deferring pretty much every decision in her life to Eontay because she just doesn't have it in her to decide. And she is really concerned about being, like, the perfect wife, the perfect yeah. lady. She doesn't want to mess anything else up. Right. So she's really concerned that she doesn't know the culture of the spring court or what's really proper Mm -hmm. and iante does so she lets iante make a lot of those decisions just so she doesn't fuck something up yeah but one thing that feyra specifically requests about their wedding is that there are no red roses Mm -hmm. the shade of red has been really triggering to her since coming back from under the mountain And it reminds her of the literal blood on her hands. Of the fae that she had to kill under the mountain. The
1: rose petals are like droplets of blood. Like she has this like panic every time she sees them.
0: Not even rose, but just like the color red, period. So the day of the wedding finally comes. And Feyre is in this ugly ass poofy dress. Cupcake style. Her people are just kind of like giggling about it. Not in, like, a mean way, but it's just not, like, everyone, a mouse could tell that that's not Sarah. Yeah, everyone's like,
1: this is not your personality, like, obviously you didn't pick this for yourself, like, she's an object, not a person.
0: Like, she goes down, the the wedding is taking place, like, at the manor. In the gardens, in the eternal spring. Yes. And pretty much the entire spring court is there, like, people from other courts, I think, are there and comes down from her room it's time for her to marry tamlin but when she gets down there you know, first of all
1: she's not that excited no she's really not like she thinks that she should be excited and she knows that like this is supposed to be a big deal but she can't really bring herself to be like oh my wedding day you know right she's just like she doesn't necessarily have cold feet but she's
0: meh she's pretty meh about everything yeah so, when she gets down there, she looks at the aisle, mm-hmm. and scattered across the aisle are red rose petals. Sheesh. Sheesh. Literally the one thing that she said, don't do this. The only decision that she made. Right. And, yeah. first of all, it was ignored. Yeah. Second of all, now she's like, shit, fuck shit, because her brain is exploding. She's having a panic attack. Yes. And she makes it about halfway down the aisle, and then she just
1: freezes. Yeah. And the whole time, because it's in her- Point of view, you're in her head, and you can hear her be like, "Okay, step, you know, like take a step, you breathe through this." And then she just gets to this point where she's like, "It's all too much," and you can just you read the panic that's happening.
0: Yeah, and so in her head, she's screaming like, "Help me! Someone you get me out this. of here! Like, yeah. I don't want to do this." Yeah. And Tamlin takes a step off like, what wherever they're standing where they're gonna the get altar. married. Yeah, he takes a step down. <laughs> that's where you get married. <laughs> And he, like, reaches out for her. He takes a step towards her and reaches out and he's like, favorite come on. And she takes a step back! Which, oof. Ooh, ooh, everyone's watching.
1: Like, I just can't imagine being in the crowd.
0: No. <laughs> it's
1: just really a normal thing. <gasps> the
0: gasp that I gasped. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, like what if one of us like, we're high faith, right? What if one of us was invited and one of us wasn't and this happens and then, like, like, I come back from the wedding and I'm like, you are never gonna believe what happened. So you get invited, but I don't get invited. Okay, but it was my story. <laughs> you can tell the story next time. So then, yes, as Tamlin's reaching for her, boom, Reese comes in to call in the bargain Ugh. for the
1: first time. And it's so dramatic. It's like a crack of thunder. Reese also in the whole first book, his persona is, like, this really cocky, like, arrogant, like, knows he's hot shit kind of dude, and so he comes in, and he, it's like, and then this dark male appeared, and he's straight in the lapels of his jacket, which, Reese is, like, obsessed with his appearance, and so it's just, like, he, A, shows up, interrupts the wedding, B, is loud and obnoxious about it, and C, is still fucking arrogant
0: doing it, and it's like, I was like, gonna damn. say, it looks hot doing it, but, um, whatever you, whatever you say. So, he just, like, He's like, by the way, Tamlin, calling in on that bargain. See you later, alligator. Mr. Steelier Girl. <laughs>
1: <laughs> also, I think this is an important thing okay. that we should say. They can winnow. I don't know if we oh, mentioned yeah. this. So, Reese, be- the way he just appears is he has this power, and a lot of, not all Fae have it, but, but. A lot of the
0: High Lords do. Yeah. A lot of the High Fae do, I think. Where you can fey. winnow,
1: which is basically, they describe it like if the Earth and look like the map was a flat piece of paper you basically fold the map to Are bring you saying, two points together wait, you're a flat earther <laughs> <No>. <laughs> basically you're bending the fabric of space and time to bring the two points together so you basically just walk through a pocket in the world and go from the night court to the spring court and vice versa that is what Reese does and then he takes favor with her back to the night court to this
0: palace I was just gonna say if you've ever um read or watched Harry Potter it's like apparating yeah <laughs> emma you bend space and time that's how
1: they describe it reese is like you make a pocket in the world i know how and you go it. i'm
0: just saying anyways he takes her to the night court whatever she's in this palace it's pretty empty but it's empty empty <laughs> well it's not empty empty reese is there <laughs> and she can see like there's just this like beautiful mountain range and this but, big reflecting pool. There's no city, nothing like that. Yeah, it's just a palace on top of the mountain. And Faye thought that the Night Court was gonna be like super mega scary because mm-hmm. Tamlin and Lucian say all this bad shit about it. Yeah, but then she's like, mm, it's not too bad here. Also,
1: no one knows anything about the Night right. Court. It's a very secretive place, and it's not it's not well mapped. No one really has good intel on it about it, and the High Lord is
0: a prick and an asshole. So, like, track record bad. Yeah, so she doesn't find the night court too bad, but she's still not a big fan of Reese. No. While she's there, she meets Reese's cousin Moore, who really wants to become her friend. Yeah. But Reese is like, chill out, because he knows (laughs) that Moore is going to overwhelm Pharaoh. Also, while she's there, Reese starts to insist that Pharaoh learns how to read after that absolutely disastrous performance in the second Task Under the Mountain. Yeah. Um, and that she learned to shield her mind from enemies. It's basically mm-hmm. just, like, putting up a wall. A mental shield. A mental shield so that your enemies can't get into your mind and, like, can't read,
1: yeah. read your thoughts. Read your thoughts control or control you. you. Yeah. yeah,
0: Important skill. You'd think. Yeah. He also starts to tell Feyre things that her friends in the Spring Court had kept from her. Most notably that war is coming with Highburn. Mm-hmm. And that Hybern wants to reclaim the mortal lands. Yeah. Reese also thinks that Feyre has magic powers um, yeah. from the other High Lords because when they all saved her, they gave like, like a she, kernel of her yeah, their power to bring her. her back. They needed to do that, so he thinks that she inherited like inherited those powers yeah. from those kernels yeah. of power. And they
1: don't know at like what skill level or if she right. does. But Reese is like, this could be possible.
0: And he thinks that if she has them, she needs to learn how to use them and control them. Yeah, to keep her and people around her safe right. because if she has uncontrollable powers,
1: she can have like a burst of
0: magic in her herself or someone else. And because you know she is poised to be the High Lord's wife, like there are going to be threats to her. Yeah. And she needs to be able to defend herself in Reese's mind. Mm-hmm. So at the end of that week, the first week in the night court, um, Reese takes Feyre back to the Spring Court. And as soon as she gets there, Lucian and Tamlin immediately start interrogating her. Yeah, not even questioning her, interrogating yeah. her. And she like all she wants to do is just like be with Tamlin like in like a private setting yeah. and just and she kind
1: of want to talk she wants to talk about the wedding and like everything yeah. that happened and he, he has no questions about that.
0: No, and isn't really interested in spending time with her one-on-one even after this. Yeah. Um, she also while she's back in the spring court starts showing more signs of having those powers that Reese talked about. Mm-hmm. The following month, Reese comes back and takes Feyre to the night court again for another week, and he's starting to really get worried about her physical and emotional health because mm-hmm. when he comes back, you know, a month later, she's lost even more weight, and she was already pretty like gaunt. First of all, because you know she'd been a starving human before. Yeah, she was turned into a fey, but also because of her... She's been puking her guts up every Yeah, her emotional state, like, she just has been losing weight. She's lost even more weight in this month. And, like, anyone with eyes could see that she is not emotionally okay. Yeah. Reese talks about her having, like,
1: basically being skin and bones, and, like, seeing the dark circles under her eyes, and she just looks drained.
0: Right. So, at the end of the second week in the night court, she goes back to the spring court. Yeah. And Tamlin refuses to let her... Even, like, try to learn how to control her powers to mm-hmm. train for them. Even though Lucian is, like, advocating for her and thinks that it would be good for Feyre mm-hmm. to learn, um, you know, to protect herself and also just to kind of understand who she is. There's also a
1: war on the horizon. Like, that feels important.
0: Yeah, but Tamlin, Tamlin's not concerned about that. No. Um, Tamlin's kind of refusing to... He's only really concerned about the Supreme Court. Right. And refusing to share any of that with Feyre anyways. Yeah. Tamlin one day is going to leave to do some, like, I guess recon about the, you know, the uh, incoming war. And Feyre is really insistent that she wants to leave. She wants to go with them. She wants to do something. Yeah. She's like, I won't
1: touch anything. Like, just let me ride my horse with you out of this godforsaken
0: house. And Tamlin refuses. They kind of get into an argument about it. And Tamlin puts up this, like... Air shield, which mm-hmm. is part of his powers, so he can like manipulate the air in that kind of way where mm-hmm. there's no like physical wall, but he's basically,
1: i like an invisible dome around the house, basically, and yeah. she's trapped inside. And the only way she can get out, like Tamlin would have to, she doesn't. Did... Well, other people could get it out, but she doesn't have the magical right. knowledge
0: to break down what yeah. Tamlin's done, and it's meant to keep her trapped in there. Mm-hmm. And Lucian is looking back at her he yeah he looks really conflicted because he knows it's wrong and he knows that Feyre needs to leave he knows something's wrong you know like Mm -hmm. Feyre's not okay but the dynamic between Lucian and Tamlin Mm -hmm. is so set in stone basically that you know Lucian can raise points to him but as soon as Tamlin shuts it down, it's, it's over. over.
1: His word is the final word.
0: Right. Lucien doesn't have a lot of um, sway, really. Yeah. To an extent. Right. But especially when it comes to Feyre. Yeah. And I think that in some ways, Lucian doesn't think it's his like, place. Yeah, Feyre is his friend, but at the same time... She's Tamlin's fiance. Right. Yeah. He's not going to come in between a lover's quarrel. And so they ride off to go do their spring court shit i don't know and Farah starts freaking out she's starting to panic she's feeling really claustrophobic Claustrophobic, and just trapped and it's making her feel like she's under the mountain again and in this like emotional state she kind of has a a burst of her powers yeah they
1: all kind of explode at once
0: and she's just she's kind of in the fetal position she's She's almost screaming yeah but she's also like mentally kind of blacked out yeah um, obviously, she's, like, awake and conscious and stuff, but, like, her... Yeah. She's not fully mentally aware of what's right. going on. And she just feels um, a pair of, like, slender hands pick her up and carry her out. And she's transported into Reese's arms. And you learn a little bit later that it's Moore who's come to save her mm-hmm. from Tamlin's Manor. And the this is something I saw in Book Talk that someone pointed out to me. But instead of more, when she takes Favorite out, instead of more saying, You're safe, mm-hmm. she says, You're free. Yes. I know. <laughs> I know. But Reese takes her to the night court and basically says, You know, this is not part of the bargain. Yeah. I'm not taking you back unless you want me to. Yeah. At any time, you can say, I want to go back. I'll take you back. But you are welcome to stay here for as long as you want. He's just giving her a space to heal and, like, get away from everything and kind
1: of process what's been happening. And there's no expectations for it. Right.
0: She's just there for as long as she wants to be as his guest, basically. With Reese extending that offer, Feyre decides to stay in the night court for now. She hasn't really said for sure whether she'll go back to the spring court at this Mm -hmm. point. Reese ends up taking her to... Valaris, which is this city in the Night Court that is a secret. Mm-hmm. So it's this like beautiful city on a river. Um, they call it the City of Starlight. Oh. That's where all of his friends live. That's where Reese lives.
1: And the only people who know about it
0: are the people in
1: that live in the city and then Reese's inner circle.
0: Right. The reason Valaris is a secret city is because they have been keeping it a secret for literally as long as it's been formed. Like mm-hmm. no one outside the city of Laris knows about it yeah which is wild and when Reese takes her he's like I need to trust you mm-hmm. because like I said he doesn't know that Feyre's not going to go back to Tamlin yeah um,
1: I mean he's technically like they're still engaged you know right there's no reason to think that she couldn't be here for a week and then want to go back
0: right and he's like I have to trust you if I show you this place you cannot ever tell anyone where it is what you saw like mm-hmm all that jazz and Feyre agrees all that jazz (laughs) and all that jazz anyways whoa (laughs) Pharaoh starts to train with Cassian after she meets the inner circle Mm -hmm. to build up her physical strength and her skills and this is really where Pharaoh and Cassian's friendship starts to bloom like the first day they're training he's having her like punch these like He's holding up these, like, pads, you know, for her to punch. Like a little Karate Kid moment. Yeah. And she's just, like, letting it out. She's pissed. And flames start coming out of her hands. Yeah. And she ends up burning through the pads and when she, like, kind of realizes what's going on, she sees that, that's when she realizes she's burned through the pads and Cassian just has his hands up because he's just ready to take it if Mm -hmm. she needs to punch. And she just breaks down. She's like, I killed them I killed those Faye. and Cassian That's just really says sad. I know. And like because he's the the head of the armies like you know he understands the like remorse she's yeah. feeling. He's killed before he understands yeah, what it means. Yeah, he's felt it. Yeah. And he's probably helped other soldiers through that. And it, it's just a like every time I read that yeah. scene I'm just like, "Oh." And
1: Cassian in the series is portrayed kind of as this goofball like Things aren't that serious to him, but he is. He's so, just like a
0: big teddy bear.
1: But he so cares so deeply about his friends, and you can already tell that like he understands what she's going through, and that he is like connected to her in a way, and knows
0: knows this pain, and it's it's just so sweet. I love Cassian. It's so sweet. We'll get into my feelings about Cassian. Anyways, after all this is happening, Reese takes Pharaoh to this place. It's called the prison. She's been there for. A couple weeks? Yeah. She's been there for a little while. Um, it's not like the next day. No, right? no. Um, she's been there for a bit. And he takes her to this place called the prison. This is basically a max security prison on an island. I kind of think of it like- It's just like a rock. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that
1: this, the ancient fae carved this prison into with like ancient fae magic right. to hold in these like really bad, powerful beasts.
0: Yeah, like all the really bad, powerful beasts that end up in Prithian and specifically they're going to meet this guy called the bone carver yeah and the thing about the bone carver is he appears different to everyone who sees him mm-hmm. and we don't know what Reese sees. no because the books from right perspective. but pharaoh sees this like young boy um with like hair as dark as night yes and he confirms the bone carver sorry not yeah. the boy i guess the boy but In... the bone carver via yeah. the boy um confirms to Reese and Feyre that Jurian, who, if you'll recall, was the guy from the First War that murdered Amarantha's sister. She was real pissed about that happening. Yeah. And then she kept his eyeball in the ring. You remember him? Yeah. The Bone yeah. Carver, yeah, that's a weird plot point, <laughs> confirms that Jurian can be remade by the cauldron for Hybrin to, like, bring him back and use him in the war. Yeah. Basically which... as a kind of bargaining chip in a way like to control
1: him yeah because he's been trapped as an eyeball like he's a sentient little eyeball <laughs> in this ring and he's been trapped like that for 500 years so obviously he's angry so hybrid wants to use that probably a little unhinged yeah to
0: start the war right or to further his war efforts basically and you know this is something that reese thought might be happening and when the bone carver tells him reese is like fuck but does he take favor with him in the first place? I'll be honest, I don't remember. Like, why does she need to... Anyways. They take this knowledge and they start strategizing. Because mm-hmm. war is on the horizon. And so, Feyre, Cassian, Rhys, and Azriel, They go to Feyre's sister's house in the mortal lands. Nesta down the lane. Mm-hmm. Um, and they want to write to the mortal queens who are on the continent, which is like... Continental Europe. Yes. <laughs> um, And they want... The mortal queens to, like, ally with them and help them in the war. Yeah,
1: because the Night Court is pro-saving the mortals. Right. And Reese in his inner circle, is trying to figure out which other courts will align with them.
0: Because Highburn is really, really powerful, and they know that they are not going to be able to take down Highburn. Alone. Even with all the armies in Prithian, they can't do it.
1: And this- the fae on the human side versus the fae against the humans was also- the two sides of the first war right so they're trying to figure out like who they can still be allied with what is going on um so they're doing a little like strategizing reconnaissance trying to plan
0: yes and while they're there elaine eventually kind of warms to them she's a little freaked out in all Mm -hmm. honesty
1: because the humans are afraid of the thing
0: right you
1: know because they enslaved them yeah Mm -hmm.
0: um not that nesta and elaine remember that but you know like the stories stories, are passed down um Nesta however does not warm to them. She's still a cold-hearted bitch. She is a cold-hearted bitch to her core. Um and she's just kind of mad that Faye is
1: there. Mm-hmm. She feels like she's been abandoned in a way.
0: Which there's so many there's so much to unpack. Even though Nesta told her to leave. It, there's so much to unpack. Anyways, Nesta, my complicated queen. <laughs> so, after they get back from that this is where I've gotten to a little bit of summary and you gotta fill in the details with your yeah. own read. Reese, Amran, and Farah, they go to the summer court.
1: Still for strategizing, like yes. they're
0: trying to collect
1: they're trying to talk to the High Lord of the Summer Court and get him on their
0: side. And but... they wanna get this artifact <laughs> yes. from him. Um it's part of this thing called the Book of Breathings. I'm not gonna go into that with you. It's just gonna be important later It's on. important. Um, they need to get it. Yes. Moral of the story. And the Moral Queens have the other half. That's why they're talking to them. Yeah. So they want to get the Book of Breathings from the Summer Court. But Rhys do- just doesn't feel like they're just going to hand it to him. You know, if he says, hi, Tarquin, can I have the Book of Breathings, please? Reese doesn't also want to give up his strategy. Right. And Reese just doesn't have a good reputation with no. the other High Lords. Because if you remember, he was under the mountain. basically Amarantha's whore. And he... And none of them trust him. Yeah. And his public persona is
1: completely opposite to his private persona and so that's why I think uh, Feyre is a little bit shocked at first too Mm -hmm. because her perception of him is this like cocky like
0: arrogant
1: yeah arrogant
0: takes delight in hurting people type of person and that is
1: the complete opposite to how he is with the inner circle and the people of Valeris and he's still trying to portray that public persona of cockiness
0: right and um Yeah, so they can't just ask them for the book. No, so they have to trick them, and so they start trying to like build relationships. Mm -hmm. And Tarquin, the High Lord of the Summer Court, starts getting a little flirty with Feyre, and Reese starts getting flirty with the Princess of the Summer Court. But Reese and Feyre are both jealous of each other
1: because they're falling in love. Yeah, they're both like,
0: "Why do I hate that you're doing this?" Yeah. Hmm. Well, actually, Reese doesn't feel that way. We don't get Reese's perspective, but Feyre's like, "Why am I angry that Reese is like flirting with this pretty girl from the Summer Court?" i mean
1: fair is still really conflicted because she left in this really shitty circumstance with tamlin and she doesn't know how she feels and she still feels obligated and like they're still like kind of engaged but she She feels
0: guilty she hasn't
1: been to see him in months and she doesn't she's kind of coming to terms with the love that her and tamlin once had is like that type of love in the first book is over and she doesn't know if or how it will continue
0: right so while they're in the they end up stealing the artifact. And Tarquin is basically like, fuck y'all. He sends them these blood rubies, which basically means there's a price on their heads. Yeah. And he's just fucking pissed. Yeah. He feels really betrayed. He really wanted to be friends with Reese. Yeah. Um and he uh he got caught. He did get caught. So then eventually the inner circle hears back from the mortal queens. They all go to meet them at Feyre's old house again, but the mortal queens just aren't willing to help. And they say that they need proof that Reese isn't a monster.
1: Yeah. Isn't this cocky, arrogant prick that everyone thinks he is? They're kind of like, what should we do now? Because the queens have the other half of the book. Right. Which is a big holdout.
0: And one thing Reese decides at this point is that he, in order to show them that he's not the monster that he... Is portraying himself as. Yeah. He decides that he's going to show them Valeris. Through this, like orb kind of right um but between that the inner circle goes to an Illyrian camp yeah because
1: Reese decides this but he's sitting on this decision so there's some time that passes while they're like thinking through other options and it's kind of a last resort
0: they have to wait like they have to get the orb to show them Valerius which is in the night court um and then the mortal queens have to come back so like it'll be a process right so while this time is passing they go to the Illyrian camp And while they're there, Feyre learns that Tamlin's family killed Reese's mother and little sister, cut their wings off, and kept them.
1: As, like, trophies. Yeah. Like you would with a deer.
0: So, that's kind of um, a kick in the gut to Feyre. Also, while they're there, Feyre is training in the woods at some point. Lucian appears in the woods with some other people from the Spring Court, like, sentries type. Yeah. And tries to convince Feyre to return to the spring court, so but she... pleading with her, yes. basically. Like, he's like, Tamlin's lost his mind. You have to come back. Yeah. Um, he's apparently, like, destroyed the entire manor. He's, like, like resorted to his beast form, <laughs> which is weird. <laughs> you know what I'm still thinking about? No. <laughs> Put it away. Tamlin as beast from Beauty and the Beast. Put it away. So Feyre's like, no, I don't want to go back. And Reese. Kind of runs lucian off mm-hmm. um after that reese and Fabra go away for the night to try and get somewhere like where lucian doesn't know where they are yeah and they end up with this like tiny little inn aka cue the one bed trove ooh, ooh. um on the way back to the camp reese is attacked by hyburn's forces. forces forces bad guys like a little my army yeah and they have so if you remember we talked about this in
1: the very beginning of the last episode Ash is the only thing that can hurt, Fae. like fake and heal. Mm-hmm. And there's also a poison you can make that can slow down the healing process. So Reese basically gets shot out of the sky because he has wings and he can fly yeah. with, with a poisoned
0: ash arrow, right? And so oh. big bad Feyre like drags him to this cave. She doesn't know what to do. He's like dying. He's yeah, unconscious, literally dying. So she traps our good friend the surreal, and she's like, "Help! How do I save?" um... Reese, yeah, and we should explain the surreal. How does one explain the surreal? The surreal like a creature, An and, ancient creature, right? And Feyre trapped it in the first book mm-hmm. um, with Lucian's advice. Yeah, but the the surreal when you talk to it, it can't like lie to you. No, and
1: but it kind of speaks in half truths to avoid right. the lying, but. It's not like it knows the future, but it—it it just know knows your... things yeah. about you. Yeah. It, in my mind, is this like Grim reap It looks like a Dementor.
0: Yeah, but with a little bit more joy. Yeah. Um.
1: But re- or, this is not the first time that Feyre has trapped the serial. Right.
0: So if you trap the Surreal, you can ask it questions, and it'll give you the answers you're seeking. It has to. Yeah. That kind of sucks, you know. Mm-hmm like, this poor Surreal's just going about his day. Gets tackled again by this same fucking bitch. And she's like, <laughs> 19 tell me! Though. But she does this because she's desperate and she, she wants to know how to save Reese. Yeah. And at some point in their conversation, the Suriel's like, do oh, you mean recent and High loader of the Night Court your mate? And Faye was like, <sighs> my what? And he's Drops like, he's like, he didn't tell you interesting well, no. I've got to go. Peace out. So, Feyre saves Reese, but she's really upset that he's lied to her.
1: Yeah. Because she finally feels like she has someone that she can trust. Right. And their whole relationship has been a lie because she, he's known, or at least she thinks that he's known this whole time
0: that they're mates. They're mates. And so she fixes Reese. She gets yeah. him better and she goes, Take me back to the camp right fucking now. Yeah. And he's like, Whoa. So you know, and she's like, "Yeah, I fucking know." No, yeah. So he takes her back to the camp, and as soon as they get there, she goes up to Moore, and she's like, "Get me away from him! I don't want to see him. Yeah, I don't want to talk to him. I need to think. I need to be alone." So Moore takes her away to this cabin that the inner circle has, like up in these snowy mountains. Yeah,
1: in the Illy- Illyrian Moore camp.
0: Right to um, just get Feyre away. Basically, just but just a little moment. Doesn't tell Reese where she's taking Pharaoh, yeah.
1: and Feyre is basically like, "I want seven days. Give me a week, and then we can check back in."
0: Yeah, she, Moore's like, "I'll come check on you next week." Yeah. So, when the time is coming for Moore to come back, Pharaoh hears a knock at the door, and she's like, "Oh, thank God!" You know, like I'm ready to get out of here. Yeah, I, I finally, she has this whole like internal struggle, like Emma was talking about, like Tamlin and how her complicated feelings about him yeah. but also what she has been feeling blossom for reese and like the joy she feels in the night court and also
1: the things she had to do for her and tamlin's love like she
0: right. literally killed three people and i mean she died yeah and then tamlin practically suffocated her in that house yeah so there's a lot of complicated emotions that she spends the week thinking through right and she like when more comes back She's pretty much ready to be like, okay, I'm ready to go back. I'm ready to see Reese. Like yeah. But she opens the door and lo and behold, who has beat her there but Reese? High Lord
1: of the Nightcore himself.
0: And she's like, What the fuck are you doing here? How'd you know I was here? He's like, no, I figured it out. Like, I've been looking <laughs> yeah. at everywhere that I thought more would bring you. And he's been nonstop thinking about her. Yes. <laughs> so she's like, All right, we'll get in here, I guess. Let's hash this out right now. So they sit down. And this, these two chapters that we're about to discuss are some of the best chapters in the series. Chapter 54 and chapter 55. And do you know what I say? You can't have chapter chapter 55 55 without chapter 54. And you're not wrong whatsoever. So I won't go into too much detail because I think that's something you should experience for yourself. You need to read it. We can't do it justice. No. Hopefully, though, you've already read this book if you're this far into the plot. But, you know. Then you understand why I don't want to go into all the detail. Because Mm -hmm. how do you do it justice? How? What you learn in chapter 54 is first kind of about Reese's life, him growing up. But then you also find out how he came to be under the mountain. Mm -hmm. And how he protected Valeris. So basically when he realized that Amarantha was taking the power from the High Lords and that he was going to be trapped there. He sent like one... Because he's a... Um, Yes, Dementi. And he can, like, talk to people through their minds. So he sent one final message out to the Night Court, Mm -hmm. or his inner circle, that was basically, like, I'm stuck here. Do not come save me. Yeah. Don't come get me. Protect Valeris. Yeah. And, like, just completely put up a wall in his mind about Valeris so that Amarantha could never find out about it. Mm Mm-hmm. And the reason that he allowed himself to be whored out to Amarantha for 50 years was to protect his friends and to protect his city. Mm -hmm. And, like, it was torture for him. It's really sad. It's so sad. (laughs) Like, it was not a choice he made because he wanted to be with Amarantha.
1: And you basically kind of understand why this cocky, arrogant personality he put forward is because he wanted to be hated. He wanted to be aloof. And he was, like, in a way, torturing himself, too. Because if people hated him, then he didn't feel so bad about hating himself. You know? Right. Like, there's there's a lot that's going into it. And so you really... from He is telling Pharaoh all of this, and you really kind of understand... Who he is. Yeah, and
0: where all of this comes from. And really what his, like... what Where his priorities are. His motivations. Yeah. Like, yeah, like... His biggest priority is protecting the inner circle and his court, you know, yeah. or his the, the night court. Yeah. Um, and he starts talking to Feyre about when he knew that she was his mate. And oh my God. <laughs> it's heart wrenching. I read it out loud to Emma today. I won't do that to you, but I should have here. She really did. <laughs> In our kitchen over a muffin. <laughs> but it
1: really caught me at a bad time.
0: <laughs> but basically, he had kind of been suspicious while they were under the mountain. Yeah, and then during the final task, when Amaranth, when Feyre beats Amarantha at her gate, and then Amarantha turns around to physically beat Feyre. Yeah, he realizes what it what Feyre is to him, yeah. and then he watches Amarantha kill, kill her, or... and then saves her but watches her go back to love another man yeah um oh and he te- basically tells Faye, like i was never gonna step in because you seemed happy i like how he said we weren't gonna explain this chapter and here we are well i'm giving an overview <laughs> he basically says i yeah. wasn't gonna step in because you seemed happy but as soon as i heard you on your wedding day screaming, screaming. for help and because of the the bond between them the mating bond yes Sometimes when Feyre was having really severe nightmares, they would shoot down the bond towards Reese, even in the night court. And so he knew she was suffering. That and then dad. when she said she didn't want to marry Tamlin, he was like, that's when I intervened. Yeah. So then, chapter 50, 50- well, at the end of chapter 54, Pharaoh makes him soup. And one of the things, this is like, it seems like a tradition about the, the mating Big, process yeah. is like the female makes the male food. Yeah. And, not even necessarily. I
1: think one can make the oh, other okay. soup. Or not soup. No. <laughs> Specifically <laughs> soup.
0: Food. Right. They share by a making meal. a meal for One someone. of them makes a meal yeah. for the other.
1: And then the other person accepting
0: it, you're accepting the meeting. Box. Right. And so Feyre's, the whole time he's talking, she's, like, mixing the soup. soup. And she's, like, thinking. And at the end, she's, at the end of chapter 54, she's like, so you loved me? And he's like, yes. And she plaps the bowl down in front of him. And she goes, well, then eat it. Like, you know basically yeah. saying like sure chapter 55 they fuck <laughs> finally <laughs> whoa <laughs> um
1: <laughs> sorry I don't uh, i'm sorry really, i was really excited the tension is just like whoosh, and fairway uh, <laughs> likes to paint this is yeah. one thing i will say and so she's been painting and there's like paints on the table and they're like covered in paint <laughs> and so and i both hate
0: that detail this morning, we were both like, I swear to God, like, he's laying us back on the table, whatever. Favor is just like, Yeah, I'm into it. I would be like, Oh, I'm sorry. There's paint in my hair. We need to, we need to stop, stop what we're doing. I need to go wash this out. Otherwise, it's going to like dry and it's going to be crusty, and then I'm going to have to wash it out. You yeah, know, yeah. the two most go with the flow people ever. We have a very detailed outline for every episode. <laughs> That's how go with the flow we there's are. There's
1: a she just, SJM really makes a point to talk about that they're like
0: covered in in (laughs) paint and it's just I think in (laughs) one way it's supposed to be like they were just so in the moment, so into each other that they didn't care, but the whole time I'm like got paint in your crevices
1: I think it's also supposed to be like artistic. Well, one of Faye like main ways to express herself was painting and she really loves to paint and that it's like Mm -hmm. an expression of herself on Reese and like a, oh. like a true coming together of like her love and his love and their love for each other and it mixes in the paint and That's they're That's like,
0: kind of such a beautiful way to say it Well, you know
1: <laughs> I didn't know you had such a way with words, Emma <laughs> Thank you That was my take, but I was also like, sticky <laughs> Yeah,
0: crusty <laughs> So after, after that, they go back to the they dilly dally back to Valerius. Well, for, for this is, I didn't put this in the outline. This is just one of my favorite parts. Something about like once the mating bond snaps into place in all of SJM's books, the fae males are like very territorial, especially as, right after they mate. Yeah, which we can unpack that. Yeah, <laughs> but um, it's just kind of like like in Crescent City, Bryce calls it out at one point and just yeah. says like territorial fae bullshit. Yeah. like. Um, and that, that's kind of a theme, but Reese knows that these feelings are obviously, like, gonna pop up because he's just mated to Feyre. It's, like, for them, it's kind of, like, a biological thing. It's, like, the honeymoon period. Yeah, but, like, it's, like, if anyone threatens your mate, like, you just get, like, feral. Yeah, Um. <laughs> truly. So they go back to the Illyrian camp where the rest of the inner court still is, and Cassian just absolutely fucking eggs him on to get it out like he knows that Reese needs to get it out of his system before they go back to Valeris. Because they
1: all know at this point that they're yeah, mates. everyone else yeah. knew that
0: they were mates. Yeah. Um so Which we could also unpack that. Um but Cassian's just like I think he says like Farah doesn't look too tired. Do you think she could give me a ride? Yeah. And Reese just like loses his mind. They like pound the shit out of each other. <laughs> yeah. And then they go back to Valeris. It's yeah. <laughs> just so funny. I, when I reread it, I was like, I forgot about that. (laughs) Um, when they get back to Valeris, they find out that the mortal queens, they're ready to meet with them. Mm -hmm. They go, he shows them Valeris. He's like, ooh, ah, and they're like, we'll think about it. They're sad.
1: Yeah. Big sad, because this was, like, their last chance, and they didn't want to do this. Yeah, and
0: here they are. The vibe, like, the mortal queens are like, "Mm, maybe, but it's one of those maybes that you know means no. Yeah. But. One of the mortal queens sneaks in the Book of Breathings because she's sympathetic to them, and she, like, gives them, like, a wink-wink nudge before they leave so that they know to take the book.
1: Yeah. And she's basically, like, hid it in her skirts and just, oop, here
0: you Um, go. So after that, they have both the pieces of the book, which is great, but they've also exposed Valeris. Which has never happened before. Right. And the mortal queens betray Reese. And okay, they really. tell Hybern about Valeris. And while Reese is away, I don't remember what he was doing. He doing wasn't something. in Valeris. That's what's important. Um, because I'm pretty sure Feyre's walking with Cassian when this happens. Yeah,
1: she's like walking in the art district. Yeah. Like She's enjoying it. They're in having a stroll. Day. They're
0: chatting. Yeah. And Valeris is attacked by Hybern's forces. So Feyre has to fight off Hybern's forces along with, you know, the rest yeah. of the inner circle minus Reese. Yeah. And the city is completely unprepared to for an attack because it's not it's been a before. secret literally as long as it's been. And the city a has city.
1: wards around it, but Highburn uses the cauldron to break the wards because he's been testing out breaking wards so that he can break the wall between the mortal and the Feylands.
0: The cauldron is the source. It's almost should... like the source of their universe. Yeah,
1: I we don't really. About a
0: little bit. I don't really know how else to describe it though. Like it is this ancient thing. It's like legit
1: a cauldron and there's these ancient fey books and even in the spring court like the map of prithian it's actually really cool because in the map i'm gonna geek out for a second Mm -hmm. the map in akatar on the corners um it's like the same way that it's described in the story that is in the spring court library but they talk about how like life poured out of the cauldron to build prithian yeah in the corners of the pages the cauldron is pouring the border of the map which i'm just like so smart of you. Yeah, it's just it's the
0: it's the source of their world. It's like raw. Yeah, power magic. magic, extremely powerful. Yeah. So the fact that Hybern has it scary, bad. and Big the Book bad. of breathings that I talked about it's, tells you how to control the, the cauldron. cauldron. So Highborn wants both of them. Right. So that's all of that. Reese comes back like h- near the end of the fight, because he gets
1: him and Feyre talk through the mind. Their minds. And they are like,
0: yo. <laughs> the ah. city is under
1: attack. And recently, like, here. shit,
0: I gotta flap my wings. Um, It's much more intense than yeah, that. He does not say, shit, I gotta flap my wings. But he comes back, but he helps them kind of, like, finish off Hybron's forces. But he's just really touched by Faera defending the city. She goes hard. Yeah. The inner court pits. Yes, and they... They want the cauldron. They decide... They don't even want the cauldron. They want to break into hibern. They have the Book of Breathings. What they want to do is nullify the cauldron. Basically, like, turn it off so
1: hibern can't use it. And they have... They've been trying to plan that the whole time, which is why they wanted the Book of Breathings.
0: And so they got the spell. They have it figured out. And they know going in, what they're about to do is kind of risky. Reckless. It requires a lot of things working absolutely perfectly. And
1: they think that Feyre is the only one who can nullify the cauldron because she's technically... Made, yeah, because the high lords gave her each of their powers and turned her into a face. So she's not a born face. she's a made face right, which is an important distinction for the cauldron's magic
0: when they get in there, when they go to do this, shit absolutely hits the fucking thing but at first things are running too smoothly. yeah, they are. and they're like, oh, the plan it's but working. favor kind of gets overtaken by the cauldron. Yeah. Like, when she goes to nullify it, it just kind of invades her.
1: And the cauldron has a voice. Like, in my mind, it's kind of this sing you like, trap voice. It's like, Feyre, Feyre, come to me, Feyre, come to- Like, it's using its, it's own internal magic to call to her. And and when some- she
0: tries to use her magic to nullify it, it just, like, overtakes her. Yeah. Um. And that's when shit starts to hit the fan. Yeah. At this point, we learn that Tamlin- in his desperation to get Feyre back, has teamed up with Hyburn. What a stupid-ass move. So, I'm not gonna go into detail about exactly how shit hits the fan with Highburn, but multiple members of the inner um, circle are very seriously injured. Mm-hmm. What you really need to know is that, as part of this whole deal with Tamlin, him and Lucien have sold out Nesta and Elaine.
1: Because Tamlin set them in, up in the manor house, so he right. knows where they are.
0: Because the mortal queens are also there. Yeah. And what they want Hybern to prove is that the cauldron can turn you into a fae and make you immortal. Immortally young. Yes, immortally young. So, Tamlin's like, I got two bitches for the job. Yeah. He sells out Nesta and Elaine, and so like, while all this shit is hitting the fan, people are, like, dying on the floor. Mm-hmm. They drag in Nesta and Elaine, and was like, fuck, shit, fuck. She's freaking yeah. out. Elaine and Nesta are just, like, screaming, and um, the first one of them to get shoved into the cauldron is Elaine. Yeah. It's,
1: like, bathtub-sized, so yeah. she, they can- they basically, like, throw her in and dunk her under.
0: And she comes out. She's a Fey.
1: So the mortal queens are like, oh, shoot, it works. Make us immortally young and we will rule our lands forever. Yeah.
0: So then they throw Nesta in just for good measure. And Nesta, and
1: Nesta, the
0: bitch that she is. Just the whole time she's going down, she's got one hand out of the water, the juices. Yeah. She's the juices. thrashing.
1: Yeah. She's yelling, kicking, screaming, fighting for her life. And she has
0: this hand she's- outside of the cauldron. And she's just pointing directly at Highburn. It's like... Like the point of death. Yeah.
1: But when Nesta comes out of the cauldron, everyone's like, she's different.
0: Like... Something's weird.
1: Like, she in her intense anger in fighting in the cauldron, like, she's just a different fae in the way that Elaine is different. Like, her and Elaine are both made, but Nesta, they're like, Nesta took something from the cauldron. Yes. Like, she took a piece of the cauldron's power. Which becomes very important later on.
0: Tamlin's like, this has gotten a little out of hand. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a little bit more than I bargained for. And he says to Hybern, he's like, make good on your deal and break the mating Me- bond. bond. Dun, dun, dun. And so Hybern's like, you got it, dude. And breaks the mating bond between Reese and Feyre. Reese and Feyre oh shit <laughs> they're both like screaming it's it's rough
1: and the if you remember from the first book pharah has a like some tattoos from her bo- or from her bargains with reese and so her tattoo disappears and Taman's like cool great yep it worked bond broken
0: <laughs> and so then he takes pharah back to the spring court dun 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 and Reese goes back to the night court. Dun, dun, dun. As the reader, I'm like, where the hell
1: do we go from here, yeah. Sarah? And then you instantly go to Barnes & Noble by the next book.
0: <laughs> That's where you go from here, Sarah. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel about the book?
1: Uh, okay, I went a little bit out of order. But, so I alluded to this a little bit in the first episode, but because I did some searching, because I was introduced to the series from Silver Flames, I found out that uh Reese and Pharaoh were mates before I started reading the book. So go we'll preface with all that. I still felt for Tomlin. I still was unsure about all of this. You keep calling him Tomlin. But whatever. I was still unsure about how all the things would shake out, but like I knew Reese and Pharaoh were mates. So when things were bad in the start of this book with Tamlin, I was like,
0: yeah. And i like, see
1: where we're going i know what's happening and i the whole time i was like oh, fuck this bitch like let's get tam- Tamlin out of here blah, blah blah you're like time to go so i was so excited and then the whole book i was like you guys are in love like you know you're in love please just be in love and then they accept the meaning bomb i was like yes party <laughs> party <laughs> and then the end of the book happens and i was like you're shitting me so that's kind of how i felt emotional roller coaster but the whole half of the book until they accept the mating bond i was like oh we're gearing up (laughs) like i was just so excited for them to be mates and to be in love and to accept this that the rest of the book because when they accept the mating bond it's like halfway through probably it's like three quarters of the way oh anyway so you still have like a hundred plus pages of book I'm like, shit's gonna hit. You know when you get to that point in a book and the happy peak Things happens? Things are just
0: too good. Yeah,
1: and you're like, it can't be like this with the rest of the book. There are too many pages left. Yeah, but I didn't know what the bad was gonna be and this was not the bad that I was expecting.
0: Yeah. No, I this book is a 1,000 out of 10 for me. Um, I really loved recent favorites arc. Like, you're a
1: Tamlin apologist.
0: Yeah. Okay. Let's let's talk about that. I, for the f- the first time I read Akamath, I was a Tamlin apologist for in- a really long intensely. time. Intensely. Pretty much. Even after he locked her in the manor, up until I started to realize that she was falling for Reese, and like, ugh. Yeah. I think that might have concerned. Are you Emma. okay? Oh yeah. I. I did. You were like you still think she should be with tamla and i was like yeah and you were like oh okay
1: <laughs> yeah
0: oh and i really didn't like reese yeah
1: no i Zoe would talk to me and she's like also you write this book probably in 28 hours probably yeah <laughs> zoe came out and she like oh Reese keeps taking her back to the Night Court, and he keeps making her write these like stupid little notes about him. And I just hate Reese. Blah, 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 I
0: hate him. Blah, 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 blah. Like, okay. <laughs> I do get after everything they went to the, through, though. Why Tamlin was like, "I can't let anything happen to you." This is not a Tamlin apology. You will not get that from me. I'm, I'm not That's apologizing not for him. I'm saying, like, understand the root of his feelings. <sighs> I think they're bad. Yeah. But I also, to this day, hate Tamlin to my core. Yeah. Tampon. We
1: can finally reveal our nickname. Tampon, Tam Tam. This is not a, a unique nickname.
0: No, we didn't come up with The people on Book Talk. I have never tampon, had an no original thought. And I'm so here for it. Um. Yeah, but I, rereading the book, knowing what would happen, and like actually being in love with Reese this time, mm-hmm. I loved watching them come together. I really. It's really, it is beautiful. And seeing kind of like the restraint Reese shows, yeah, because he he just wants what's best for her, as opposed to Tamlin imposing what he thinks is best. And Reese like polar opposite. Yes, Reese like literally restraining himself from his soulmate, yeah, because it might not be what she needs. And even in this book, when before they
1: even like start falling for each other, like when he first takes her back to the Night Court, Reese is basically like, I understand what. I may not understand what you went through, but, like, I can infer what you went through, and in this court, you will always have a choice. You will always make your own choices, and I will always ask you, like, if you want to do something, and it it's your decision on whether or not you want to or you don't want to do this. Right. And it's the opposite of Tamlin.
0: And I just love that that's, like, you see favor blossom under mm-hmm. that, and, like, you can tell that that's exactly what she needed as opposed to, like, how how constrained she was by Tamlin Mm -hmm. and even constrained in her mortal life when
1: you know she was the sole provider for her family she was always taking care of everyone she always had to think about everyone else's needs and her time in the night court gave her time to heal and time to do what was best for her and not best for anyone else right literally just thinking about herself yeah and not in a selfish way but in a in a way she
0: needed to I think maybe chapter 54 that we talked about was a lot more impactful to me the second time. Yeah. just you read that a little bit, I was like... I know. And, like, (laughs) knowing knowing them as characters, Mm -hmm. having the way Reese just, like, pours his heart out to her, it just, like, my heart was, like out with him i was just like oh sweet sweet reese like yeah
1: uh do we maybe want to talk about some things to look forward to
0: in the next book some some in what way
1: i just really think the
0: plot in this book stellar i re- like the, the war plot, plot is really interesting
1: fantastic
0: and the war plot continues into the next book because obviously you see at the end of this book hibern is still kicking yeah and he's like it is the catalyst he's on top of the world hey yeah. And you know he has the cauldron,
1: and you know he knows how to use it. And he's allied with Tamlin, so that's one less high lord of Prithian. Yeah. So, people who say that Akhtar is just, like, a silly little romance book for your, like, stupid girls who just want to, like, feel fulfilled and have daddy issues, that is BS. Didn't have to call me out like that. (laughs) I'm just saying that these books have good plot, and I think people like to demonize women and women who read romance and like fantasy romance saying that like they want to escape reality and that they can't live in the
0: real world maybe i would like to escape reality
1: (laughs) for like five fucking minutes but people just say that like this is a sex book and that's not true no first of all you shouldn't be demonizing people who want to read romance books like there's nothing wrong with
0: wanting to read a romance book also not just romance books if you want to read a book that's straight soft porn you do you baby yeah. so I'm not here to judge if
1: you were on the fence about reading Akhtar and somehow you listened to two of these episodes <laughs> just know that there is a good plot and I really like the plot development in these books and I think it gets overshadowed just because there are sex scenes in it and yeah. I don't think that should be
0: the case I also think there's a little preview of the next book I like the character development you see yeah. in the next book. I think these characters are fairly well like 99% of them are well thought out. Yeah. They evolve in really interesting ways. Yeah. Um Fera's friendship with Cassian Ugh. is one of my favorite things in the entire series. It's so cute. Cassian is one of my favorite things in the entire series. Yeah. And in the next book you just get more Cassian content. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm quite looking forward to talking about it yeah simply when we end recording this i'm getting back in bed to read (laughs) the War*. yeah Yeah.
1: anyways we look forward to talking about them
0: so yeah we'll do an War* episode of frost and starlight which is a little novella so that'll probably be a little bit of a shorter episode but we will be talking about it because i am a frost and starlight stan
1: (laughs) and then we'll talk about a Court of Silver flames akasif and then maybe a little reactions, what we think, a little... Predictions. Predictions,
0: theories. I have made a mistake. What? I had something I was going to talk about that I told you that I was going to talk about that I didn't write in the notes, but now oh. it's just come to me. Okay. Some of you may have found us from Book Talk. Hey, what's up? um also wait if you're the girl that i ran into at barnes and noble and i told you to listen to my podcast hey i'm so glad you're here anyways <laughs> this is in relation to a recent book talk we posted where i sang along oh. to high infidelity oh yes by yes. taylor swift and i um said it was fayra and akamath yes so many of you <laughs> commented songs underneath so many that was um, so sweet. Emma and I made a whole playlist. We will be putting it on our story. We will be putting it in our link tree. I'll put it in the fucking description of this episode. <laughs> Anyways, uh, for all my Swifties out there, hey. Anyways, I just wanted to talk about a few other songs that people have been talking about mm-hmm. that are relevant to the plot as far as we are so far. Because there are some that I think are, A, great songs because Simply Miss Swift never misses, mm-hmm. but also um, great for the acatar series, but we just aren't there yet. Some people say, these are all going to be Taylor Swift songs, follow along, Tolerate It from Evermore. This is Feyre talking about Tamlin. Ivy, this is such a good Acomaf song, also on Evermore. Evermore, Taylor's Forgotten Child. Yeah. Exile is kind of like Tamlin's point of view about Feyre, Mm, okay, That's on folklore. Okay. Invisible String, Reese and Feyre as Ugh. mates. Peace, also, Invisible Strings on folklore. Peace on folklore is recent to Pharaoh. Whoa. Better Man from a red Taylor's version only <laughs> is how Pharaoh feels about Tamlin. Midnight Rain, Tamlin versus Reese. There are so many. There's so many. Sweet Nothing. Pretty much any mate couple you've ever encountered. Yeah. In the SJM universe. Mastermind. This one was interesting because someone presented it to me as Reese. And she commented it. And I... Sorry. They commented it. And I was like, interesting. Like, I I get the vibes. I didn't know that I quite followed. Mm -hmm. But then someone responded to their comment. And they said, no. Tamlin is mastermind because... Of the way that he basically, like, gets Feyre to come to break the bond. Or to break the curse. Like, he gets her from the woods Mm -hmm. to bring her there to fall in love with him to break the curse. And I was Mm -hmm. like, ooh, he really is the mastermind. High infidelity, obviously. White Horse Mm. from Fearless, Taylor's version. Such a good song. Such a good song. Feyre and Tamlin. We are never ever getting back together from red fire. taylor's version i think you know who that's about yeah so these are just a few that i've gotten so far um yeah,
1: we made an entire sjm taylor's version
0: yeah so not all of them apply to akatar or Farah, yes or reese or tamlin they apply to all the sjm characters all the I, books. I have explanations for all of them so like hit me up if you want to talk <laughs> about it um. Just DM us. I, yeah. I'd love to talk about it. Uh, this is actually what I would like to spend the rest of my life talking about. Um, yeah, I'm going to write a whole dissertation on it. Anyways. Thanks for listening
1: along. Yeah. Yeah, like Zoe said, we'll put the playlist up. We'll probably make a few TikToks about it just because they're fun. And I
0: will simply be listening to the playlist and the playlist only
1: for the rest of my to life. it all today. <laughs> In the car, playing the podcast, making the muffins we had this morning. This playlist was on. I made dinner to this playlist. I listened to this playlist in the shower. I will say there are some non-Taylor's version songs, and as they get re-released, we will put them on.
0: Yes, but I just didn't want to deprive us of them and her discography. Anyways, that's the pod, ladies and gents (laughs) and pals. So make sure you're reading along. Make sure you're up to date. And, um, no spoilers, friends, so read the books. It's like we entered 2013 and never left.
1: I am overall not jazzed.
0: Ooh. do you know what i would love to do a laminate things. laminate things peter was
1: a baker peter yeah. with the bread